This is Cigarette. You smoke till the end. We are Hottest 100s and Thousands, and we have taken control of your radio station. This is the podcast in which we talk about the songs that have been deemed hot enough to be in the Triple J Hardest 100. My name is David James Young, and I'm one of the four voices that are going to be pumping on your stereo for the next hour or so. Joining me once again, Nathan Harrison. Hi. Andrew McDonald. Hey. Adam Buncher. My life is more like just like a really good, healthy salad. Got some protein in there, some yeah. whole grains. Maybe some cranberries. Or oh, pomegranates. Nice. I need to update those lyrics then, I think. Yeah. yeah. Or your life is like a vape. You. <laughs> is your, your life's a vape? Yeah. You smoke till it needs charging. Yeah. You've got to replace the liquid and you yeah. realize that you have to buy some more. And you're like, oh, God damn it. It yeah. is cheaper. Yeah. David, what's your life like? Can a mother. <laughs> yeah. Fair. Checks out on brand. Nathan? I want to say like a burger, like a nice a nice veggie burger. Ooh. But it's oh, got veggie some, burger, some yeah. good stuff going on. It's got on. the mushroom and the halloumi. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds good. Mm. Yeah, sweet. Or, or, you, or, do you want, or do you want some bean, like a bean patty? Or the, uh, the go, all right. or the or the Beyond Beef. Oh, yeah, have I haven't tried? had that. Neither have I, but it's at Lord of the Fries now. Oh, well, yeah. we should... Uh... Mm. But also the thing is, like, for you and I, most of our lives we haven't had meat. Mm. Yeah. And that would be fucking yeah, right. weird. Talk it up. That'd be weird now to go back to something that tastes like meat. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I eat, like, fake meat a bunch, like... At... Yeah, but apparently this is, like, bleeds in that. And looks, oh. Yeah, it's, like, proper meaty. Well, we'll huh. see. Whistler, join us. <laughs> <laughs> well, by the time this comes out, vehicles will probably be yeah, cancelled too. Yeah. So, you know, we'll try and keep up. Uh, and number 75, cracking in to the third quarter of the hottest 100. This is friendly with some kind of love song? Yeah, some kind. Mm. Friendly at number 75 in the 1999 Hardest 100 with some kind of love song. Yeah, just just some kind. A couple of years later, Armiel would uh, cease all ambiguity and just go with love song. The one. The definitive yeah. end uh, all And arguments. there was also Little Birdie with This Is A Love Song. And so, P.I.L. with This Is Not A Love Song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think we need to set some more clear boundaries, you know, going ahead. Andrew, you're some kind of podcaster. Mm, yeah, And I'm is. sure you have some kind of thought of, about this song. Uh, yeah, Friendly, who I can't say I'd heard of. I'm not sure if anybody else knew this song. Nope. Uh, he's an Australian DJ. He's now based in the UK. Real name, uh, Andrew Cornwival. With the corn spelt with a K. It is indeed. And the R with the backwards. Of course. Oh my yeah. God. Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, you can see why he changes to friendly. He yeah. distanced himself from all thoughts of corn who are yeah. not friendly. Um, <laughs> <laughs> this is uh, from his his second record, Akimbo. Came out in 2000. It's obviously an early single from that. With good headphones, this ain't bad. Good throbbing deep bass, kind of big beat audio aesthetic, but with like a trip hop style speed. I thought that was interesting. Very DIY I, kind of sounding as well. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's kind of like a bit of a proto flume vibe. I can see that, yeah. Yeah, um, going on. Uh, the, I think what threw me the most is the vocal delivery. I'm not sure who's d- pushing out those vox. It is Sia. 
the seer we know and love from today. No <laughs> fucking way. No. The, the fucking way. <laughs> Did you know this day? Did you ever see a stand? This is true. Uh, I knew her work with Zero Seven. I didn't know her work with Friendly. This is Sia. So hearing this, did you did you pick it? Not initially. No. Right. But I, and maybe I have the wrong intel here from my sources, but I mm. believe the vocal track exists as a track on a Sia album. Oh. Just as- it's a sample, really? It's not bespoke? I would assume when I heard this song that it would be a bespoke thing. 100%. I thought it was a collab. Because how the heck do you- put a vocal sample up against it in such a way that it fits but does not fit in such well, a precise way. Maybe that's... You know what I mean? Because like the thing is, like, the little parts where the, the vocals kind of speed up, not like they don't sound sped up, but, like, the rhythm of them is uh, sped up in parts that I think sounds a bit odd. So if it hmm. is a sample, that wouldn't stand to reason. But, but also, I, I think it, it's intentionally kind of like... Oh, it's definitely moving past the, yeah, the edge course. of the bar and all that stuff. Like so, yeah. The, yeah, vocal performance in the way it's... Jumping around is really interesting. So the the vocal track we just discovered live people. This is <laughs> this is a very thrilling development in podcast production. We figured out this live, so you're hearing this very live. Um, not weeks later. It's as real really, as it yeah. gets. Invested to give yeah, podcast we, we, like cereal. Yeah. we're recording it on Thursday afternoon. Cereal. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, um, it's one um, of those eyebrows. <laughs> the, um, and the other one. Uh, the the vocals are from Sia's first solo record, the track called Mad Love. Your insensitivity is your personality trait least favorite. Ha ha funny, you think you're so funny. It's a very sparse arrangement with just her vocals there. And I can see why it'd be easy to put into a beat-driven song. And that makes me... Because I was looking up this song and I, I couldn't say on the Discogs page any credits for this. Obviously, it was a, not a, b- a bespoke creation, which no. I thought it was. Yeah. Which makes it very so, much yeah. a bit more interesting in that way. But I pay it more now. Yeah, I'm not sure. I think I pay it the same. Um, <laughs> just differently. Yeah, yeah. yeah I use a yeah. different currency. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> New Zealand well, you're, not sw- you're not swayed by Sia either way, are you? I don't have any love or hate for like I don't. Yeah, I, yeah. I was gonna say you're yeah. like indifferent on. Sia. Yeah, like I, like I acknowledge that like like Chandelier is a bang. Like obviously like she does mm. it very well. I appreciate yeah. the whole aesthetic as well. But yeah. I, I'm just not familiar with more yeah, anything. Yeah, that's fair. Obviously a great singer. The vocals like her voice is beautiful. That's right. She brings yeah. the goods. Like yeah. she could she could sing the contents of a phone book over like ringtones. Yeah, and it would yeah. still sound fucking great. <laughs> I'll listen to that hate time. That's really Andrew Alves for music. <laughs> um, um, that's sad. I don't know how big Friendly got or anything like that. I, I assume for most listeners, because obviously Sia wasn't known outside of Australian, like... And even then, she was very small fry up until Colour the Small One. Yeah, and like it was like only kind of real insider Australian music nerds who would have known her before that. Yeah, well, she wouldn't get in the Hottest 100 again for another six years. Exactly. So um, she got in with Breathe Me. So having a lyric like, you tell your friends I'm a fucking kook, look how long it took. People like swears. You would yeah, vote for well, a swear. They really do. Yeah, that's right. V for the S. Um, it's so, thinking about it now, like letting it land, it's so utterly bizarre that this is potentially could be regarded as Sia's first hit. Sia, yeah. who's been on Ellen a bit, <laughs> this is like where millions of albums yeah. yeah literally some electronic producer whose name is friendly and mm. his real name is Cornweeble. <laughs> like this is this is the weirdest episode of this podcast <laughs> yet surely to shit friendly's production I, I, I do have some time for it like it was surprising to me how good like if I was listening to it with like nice headphones or whatever yeah. like that so it's, you could hear the sub bass real nice the yep. deep throbbing was very good like kind of pulsing beat because it sounds like it should be a big beat production, but it's like I got the rhythm of trip hop. So it's kind of dubby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Def- yeah. 
There's something about it. I don't know. I, got, I, 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 I didn't love this, but there was enough here that I saw why it would have appeal. Yeah. I think you've hit it. I think it's this song it sits in the place of tension mm. and it's because you can never quite figure it out. You never, you know, like you don't ever arrive at, for, well, this is what it's like for me. Like I don't arrive at a place where I can say one way or another whether I like it or I don't. Yeah. The value is the fact that I'm constantly shifting and would, much would, like the music isn't I'm not figuring it out this, I was going to say is, yeah. it's very like the shifting thing like ironically because the song finds its groove in five seconds and that's the groove mm. like, it, it doesn't change but that sample comes in and then just like what you think you know yeah. gets thrown up and you it's like that your brain is on a tightrope trying to balance out what's actually happening in this but environment. It's, it's super interesting that like like for in terms of like his composition of this, the beat and the stuff himself, like it must be a very short sample that he just plays for the full duration of the song because like it really just is the same thing, which is yeah. very interesting apart from the vocals, obviously. Yeah. Yeah, very fucking fascinating. And Sia, first appearance. Welcome to the countdown. Yes. yes. <laughs> Snuck in. Talking about it way earlier than I thought we were going to. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. By, by at least six years, yeah. yeah. What do you think, Nathan? It's kind of really good. It's weird. And yeah, realizing that it was Sia is just like, oh. And the fact that it's not like friendly feet, like it's- No, it's just yeah. using the sample. Uh, you know, but it's like a whole song sample. It's all very strange. Yeah, in but- terms of like what you do with, when you think of sample work, even like obtuse- like modern weirdo internet music doesn't have the thing of taking one song's vocals in full and then just like having a beat behind it and then not calling it a remix of that yeah, song. Yeah, like, yeah. The fact, the fact that, that it's that not the song, a- the song is by friendly and it's called some kind of love song. It's not anything else. And that's really interesting in terms of like ownership and composition in that. It's a really cool beat and it's kind of, it's, it's pleasurable just like kind of having it mm. and the way the vocals kind of allude the beat at times exactly, but then find yeah. it at other times yeah, yeah. yeah like I said there's a real pleasure in the song okay, I kind of like it mm. yeah what a weird thing we've uncovered who thought this was gonna happen <laughs> <laughs> yeah I mean like Fuck not at all. all what you'd expect we just came from like Everlast yeah <laughs> <laughs> now we've really know what it's like <laughs> <laughs> At number 74, this is Dead Star with Deeper Water.
coming in at number 74 with the song Deeper Water, Nathan. It's time to party like it's 1999. Yeah. Yeah. This is such a good song. This, this, is, is, I had this, a real, this like, is the most 1999 song we've done so it's far. It's very. This, this is also the first like hot, kind of high energy kind of rocky song we've spoken about <laughs> a in a while. Bit, it's yeah. good. Yeah. I mean, this Dude, is a bit what of, about my favorite games? Yeah, I, uh, I can't remember last week. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think this has some common ground though with my favorite game and with songs like Baby I'm Ready to Go and all that yeah, kind of sure. it's just that yeah, high yeah, energy yeah. real 90s female vocal rock roller coaster song. music it's roller coaster yeah. you know it's, it's car ride music, yeah. music cars should not seek deeper water most of the time I guess <laughs> oh, unless it's that one from the Bond film where it turns into a submarine Ooh, or that's am right. I imagining that no that's, no, that's real I didn't think I had to give the caveat but here we are <laughs> is, it, is, it, what, is it world is not enough or die another day it was one of the Brosnan ones submarine car. a late Brosnan one. <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> everything that isn't Goldeneye is late Brosnan yeah yeah well, because the second it, one's alright though um, world is not enough There's oh some, yeah it's yeah. alright but Goldeneye is by I think Goldeneye is one of the best Bond movies yeah <laughs> it's the best Bond game Oh, yeah, no, no. So, yeah. Oh, Submarine Car was a spy who loved me. Oh, there you go. Uh, I think it was a few times then. Well, mm. no, there was a hovercraft car in If Moon you Raker. had a submarine car, yeah. would you take it out once? <laughs> or, or more Daily. than once? Yeah. Oh, well, it has its own Wikipedia page. Its name is Wet Nelly. Uh, or nuts <laughs> <laughs> would you just burn the car yeah. oh fuck off and then the second thing underneath it is an article from the Guardian in 2013 Tesla founder Elon Musk buys James Bond's oh, Lotus Esprit oh, oh, submarine so car good. Elon Musk bought the submarine car is, 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 like, is that like a um, you know like all the James Bond names are like real dirty is that, is that, like, is is that a sex act yeah yeah mm, give, give someone give a, a wet, wet nilly yeah is that, is that what it is well like, it, I fucking hope so. It does. It, it, does, it alludes to it such does things. submerge in, in the ocean. Is his dick just wet now? <laughs> no, that's a wet willy. <laughs> this is going way off yeah. the rails. And so we have talked about Dead Star before. We yes. gotta bring it down. Yeah, we talked Great about song. that three seasons ago. Yeah, they're a super group. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Crowded yeah. House Supergroup. Uh, Peter and Crowded House. Yep. So, yeah. Peter Jones, who drummed with Crowded House, um, and then also Nick Seymour, the bassist from Crowded House. At this point, Michael... Michael... Den Elson. <laughs> Lord of the Dance <laughs> himself. <laughs> just the first Michael. Yeah, the first Michael you thought of? Flatly, yeah. Not the brain, man. Real flatly head over here. Well, that explains the shoes. Uh, You're a real surf of the dance. <laughs> um, from uh, he, he, uh, lead guitar, um, from Rebecca's Empire. Yes. Oh, we talked about them a couple of times. Okay, if you doesn't remember, I can see them. <laughs> God damn it, man. I would, I would love to refute... All these assumptions about me just not recalling shit, but damn it. And yet, Lord of the Dance, <laughs> right to it. Clear as a bell. My knowledge of Michael Flatley is so small. I don't think I've. I, if you showed me a photo of any man and said, that's Michael Flatley, I'd be like, yeah. <laughs> uh, be, I didn't be- know he was, like, Chinese. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But okay. Yeah, like anybody <laughs> dancing, I'd be like, oh, is, that, is that the Irish dance guy? Okay. Fuck <laughs> <laughs> someone fucking flossing, I'd be like, oh, I don't see why he's innovator. Backpack kid is Michael Flatley. It's like there is. It's very possible that the people listening to this have no concept of who Michael Flatley is. Like that's that is more likely than not. Michael Flatley was during this period. <laughs> Where the world Time weirdly for flatly chat, yeah. <laughs> flat chat, flat chat. <laughs> but 
like this was a real thing that happened in the world where like Pot all of the, the dance. Oh, all of a we're sudden, we're obsessed with da- river dance. Everyone was obsessed with tap. Da- no Irish Irish G, which is yeah. kind yeah, yeah, yeah. of was everyone obsessed with tapping. Or were mums obsessed with <laughs> mums <laughs> love flatly men. Yeah. Oh, oh, I'm doing a bunch of mum and flatly fans. This is gonna be good. So it's my, it was like Lord of the I'm Dance. A mum for flatly. Woo! <laughs> That's messed up. <laughs> yeah, I'm a bit of a milf now. Mum, I love flatly. <laughs> <laughs> the joke that you could that people used to like that I've heard people pull saying that like the reason that the Irish dance exists is because back in the day uh, dancing was illegal in Ireland and people still wanted to dance in pubs so they just did the leg movement so the people out the cops looking in the pub couldn't see him dancing <laughs> that's <laughs> that amazing does not check out at all <laughs> well, that's why it's not a true story yeah. it's, a, it's a factoid it's a legend yeah that's the legend of the oh well, no he's the lord of the dance isn't he yeah. <laughs> it's like the legend of dance funnily enough that's the only time Andrew's ever paid attention in history class like the second Irish dancing came I was like huh really now Andrew you have to remember all of this for the exam you've got it right Andrew absolutely yeah. you zoom in on his head <laughs> He's like, man, you really couldn't see him through the window. That's clever. <laughs> that, Go back and look at my Cause yeah. album cover, yeah. and Andrew's just in the background with a fucking bower on, just dancing. So that was flat chat. We like to hear more. No, there's no more. I'd listen to more. We need to cover off on tap dogs and river dance. Oh yes. So yeah. dance crazy. We can't stick on flatly. It can't be flatly the whole time. Okay. Yeah. Right. Okay. This was a real big gum. Oh, this song for me. Like, I didn't recognize it from the name. And then really? as, soon as, as soon as it kicked in, I was like, oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this oh. is also, I think, interesting, like uh, off their last album, Dead Star. Yeah. They kind of wrapped up after this, put out a best of. Well, I, I guess for like collaborative supergroups, that kind of makes sense though. Yeah. For any other band... If they weren't, if they didn't come from other bands, they didn't have the legacy that the other bands had. Getting this kind of success with this kind of song, which was everywhere, and I'm sure it was used in television and film mm. as well. Like, right? It was wasn't this the song for the panel? Yes. Yeah. Yes, that's right. Song for the panel. It was, mm. Yeah. Um, was Michael Flatley ever on? He fully would have been on the panel. He fully would have I'm been looking on the it panel. up. Hundred percent, right listener. Michael Flatley was on the panel. <laughs> Michael Flatley was the panel. <laughs> Flat that chat yeah. is mostly lies. Yeah. It's a very <laughs> apocryphal podcast. <laughs> yeah. Mm, um, that's what I call him, Lord of the Panel. <laughs> um, <laughs> the, yeah, like, everyone had this kind of success. They'd be like, oh, time to try and get some European attention, do some tours and that kind of thing. But for a super group, we'd be like, yeah, we've had fun doing this for the last couple of records and we had a really good hit at the end. And especially considering the people that were in the band as well, like that, you know, it's not like, yeah, fresh out of anything. So yeah, fair enough. There is a certain level of irony about the fact that they called it quits after this because the song itself is about being ambitious and trying Mm. to make it in in a bigger environment. It's very much kind of the young starlet wants to you know, finally make the jump from Australia over to Hollywood kind yeah. of vibe. Yeah. You know, I'm Sell heading my out. soul for a record. Real, real Margot yeah. Robbie hours. Mm. But I think it captures um, a, probably a frustration at the same time as being a desire of many Australian bands who are just kind of like just huge in Australia. And but that's it. And yet, you know, there's this whole giant world that, where they just can't, you know, make yeah. it through. They're stuck you know? in roles in antipodes. <laughs> <laughs> 
Is that t- that's Tism? No, it? no, it was Milancolon. Yeah. <laughs> you, have you switched? Have you switched? Have you? No, I don't own Milancolon. <laughs> no. Okay, um, you've given it away now. Yeah, I'm like, no, yeah. I shouldn't have said anything. I thought um, new season, new thing. No, no. Tism <laughs> references still being snuck in. No, I think we did a couple of them without even meaning to. Yeah, hundred really. percent. Just like the last week was the first one I intended to do. Mm. The other one just came out. Um, <laughs> the yeah, like this, Likely story. this song fucking bangs, man. So, so much fun. Good. That shimmering guitar throughout. Mm. Everything shimmers. Yeah, vocals. Yeah, beautiful Gorgeous. song, man. Just heaps of fun. Who, who's the singer? What's her name? Carolyn Kennedy. Um, is she from something apart from Dead Star? Is she? She used to be in a band called The Plums. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Well, well, she, she never did anything before. Uh, uh, since I don't think. She yeah. did uh, since she was in the Tulips. Yep. Don't know that. Uh, she also was part of the choir in the Australian production of Lord of the Dead. Mm, true. <laughs> Here's a true fact <laughs> that Andrew will like. In 2013, she was a vocalist on Don't Tell the Driver, uh, which was Mick Turner's solo album yeah, from Dirty right. Three. Also, I can also see that fucking working. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, right. yeah. She has a beautiful voice and she's in excellent form here. Yeah, yeah. Everything about this... You're, I'm with you, Nathan. I, I, I'm like, oh, another Dead Star track. I'm like, oh, what's this? I didn't know this was a Dead Star song, but I remember this goddamn song, right? Mm. Like, it was everywhere. I'm sure it must have been used in TV shows that I watched. Like, like the ad ha- breaks of Lord of the Dance yeah, or something. Like, Heartbreak High. Oh, yeah. In, like, the mm. Lord of the Dance special works. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, there's something about her vocal performance in this that makes it feel very Australian, but without any cultural cringe for me, which I get, get more than the average person. I, I, totally I get that. I, yeah. Yeah. Feels very ours, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. This yeah. feels like late 90s summer to me. It's fucking summer as shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a wonderful song. Yeah, yeah. I um, If you have any memories of where you heard this, let me know. <laughs> if you have any memories, no, 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 what are no, they no, like? like? <laughs> what, if, if, if you're like, oh, yeah, that was, that was in the soundtrack to whatever, let me know. Because I... It's on the tip of my tongue that I remember hearing this in a thing. And maybe mm. it was just the radio, but I'm... For some reason, this is tied to some visuals that I can't visualize right now. It, but um, it's, yeah, just banger. Absolute and like perfect this place in the countdown core. Like, yeah. Barbie's been on for a while. Like, the sausages are going. The beer's yeah. cold. Yep. He's relaxing. And this comes in like, oh, I fucking love this song. I'm glad this got in. Mm. And I do love this song. I'm glad it got in. Yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah. Good shit. Uh, bad news to, to end us on Michael Flatley was never on the panel top <laughs> result is uh, Lord of the Dance star Michael Flatley it was reported oh no are you about to cancel uh, Flatley no 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 is reportedly <laughs> being tipped to join the judging panel uh, on Strictly Come Dancing <laughs> in, in what year what year 2009 is yeah right so mm. I don't know if he did or not, so, but if he did, fucking good yeah. on him. Uh, Flatly, what you been up to recently, bro? Let us know, man. Yeah, he he retired. Mm. He retired in 2016. Yeah, well, well, what did he do? What's he do? Is he take up archery? Let us, let us know. Stop living when you retire. Let us know at Hottest 100s and Thousands at the iTunes store <laughs> in a five-star review. <laughs> Hi, this is Michael Flatley. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> Michael Flatley has a net worth of 350 million. Oh, well, he can he can give us a tip with that five star review. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Would you like to leave a tip? 350 million is the top Patreon subscriber for sure. It by- means if you've done any Lord of the Dance related things, we'll talk about it, even if it's wildly out of context. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's for the songs. Uh, the, the, the tears are just like like hot hottest Flatley. Oh, <laughs> hell yeah! Flatley subscriber level. <laughs> <laughs> Supergrass I am back baby They're here at number 73 This is pumping on your stereo Pumping on your stereo Can you hear us Pumping on your stereo 
That's a song called Pumpin' On Your Stereo Supergrass. Uh, previously discussed with the song All Right, where I strode in merrily, happily, skipping along, thinking, oh, everybody loves this song, and I was rudely awoken by everyone fucking hating it. What so- was that again? <laughs> no, seriously, <laughs> <fuck> <laughs> Yeah, we are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I was just like, is he doing a bit? And I'm just like, of course oh, it's not. It. Is that a bit? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I remember. Yeah, I remember. We did there like that song. we go. <laughs> Bad song. Bad this song. great song. No, it's not. What? This is terrible. No, would man. you motherfuckers shut the fuck up and <laughs> stop editorializing before I get my shit in? This is my time, baby. This is my moment, and we're talking about Supergrass. And we're talking about pumping on your stereo, which is a song. Short answer. Yes, we can hear you. Long answer, I fucking love this. I've loved this since I was a kid. There's a phenomenal energy to this. This is like the greatest Rolling Stones tribute ever. It's so Stonesy, eh? It's, it's inc- so like, Stonesy. Surely like, it's more Bowie than Stones. The vocals hate Bowie, yeah. Oh, no, I think the lap is a single rap. Like, it sounds like John Mulaney's impression of Mick Jagger. <laughs> That's how overly Mick Jagger it is. Not... <laughs> Funny. Not funny! <laughs> it's a total glam rock throwback with that barroom piano and that huge T Rexy stomping guitar and just that infectious, lively chorus that just kicks in. Man, everything about this just fucking rips for me. Everything about this, this holds up like massively 20 years on. It just puts a fucking smile on my dial every time I revisit it and I'm just like man Supergrass were not given the the due that they deserve beloved in the UK never quite like hit the same heights anywhere else uh Supergrass like yeah had like a couple of minor international hits but like obviously it was very very UK centric and of course when you're throwing back to things like Bowie and T-Rex and the Stones like that is inevitable but I feel like this song doesn't get the love they deserves when people think of Supergrass they think of All Right and I get that you know it's an inescapable pub anthem but I feel like Pompadoni Stereo should get its due as well like it is lively really fun high energy song that just really really serves its purpose of just being loud and and silly and obnoxious and carefree and there's just something pure about that i feel like every band needs to just fucking unwind and just fucking relax for a bit and just go for it every now and then and i feel like pumping on the stereo is a, a great display of that when you say you don't feel like it gets its due to me this is the the supergrass song this is the More one that than I. All right. Yeah, yeah. All right like, is a much bigger song. No, I know, but when I think of Supergrass, I don't think of that song. I don't think that sounds like Supergrass as much. Interesting. I think yeah, this right. sounds way more like them. And I'm with yeah. you on the all the throwbacks to like you, you nailed it. It's exactly T Rex, Stones, and Bowie. Like yeah, those, yeah, yeah. The hand claps on the beat, oh. the vocals, like 
And um, that piano, man, yeah, like yeah. actual piano. Yeah, good no, shit. I, <laughs> <laughs> As if like the pianos have been gone for decades. No, like, no, no. Real like, piano. So many dudes were using just like the piano setting on keyboards. The keyboard, not an actual piano, like a, <laughs> like a like a tack, like upright piano. You can mm. tell. Oh man, you know? a, a good thing to have would be um uh, like an acoustic guitar, like on actual piano Ooh, strings. I like that. It would be huge. I like that. Um, <laughs> it would be very big. Yeah. Um, and I can't wait to build it. Like to me, this was like their most known song. I'm sure. I know I'm wrong. But this is one that I think of the most. Just fun. They leaned their influences like motherfuckers. I'm fucking here for it. I think it yeah. just. There's nothing about this that is not just a throwback. Oh, yeah, well, these are the bands that we liked. And that's what they're doing, wearing their heart on the sleeve of like, yeah, this is how you sing like Mick Jagger. Is that you play songs like T Rex and Bowie, kind of thing like that. It's just cheesy, fun, over the top silliness. I'm, oh, I love this song as a kid. I still like it now. I don't like it. I hate oh, it. Oh, this is fucking hate it. Go yeah. on. All right. I'm not sure I hate it. I just I hate don't. It. Like no. it, like it's it, really under my skin. It's not yeah, fun right. to me. So See, irritating. Or I got under my skin like that. This is a band that thinks it's genuinely funny that they don't sing pumping, they sing humping, <laughs> and it's actually really fucking obvious. And it's not fucking funny. It's just obnoxious, and it's just obnoxious in a way that I just cannot get behind. When I was listening to it. As a kid, I thought it was pumping. I listened to it in preparation for this. I'm like, are they saying humping? They're definitely saying humping, they definitely and they are. think it's so clever, and they're ugly children. Check out Dad over here, right? <laughs> yeah. No, it's just that's just not. Just don't do it. Just, just like Bobby. don't do it. You named your song "Pumping on the Stereo." Don't think it's funny because that's not that's not funny. I was reading that's that. Just stupid. I was reading that bit too, and like, there's a little Fucking chunky amateur of comedy over here. <laughs> that's not funny. Not funny. <laughs> But there's a bit in the Wikipedia about that, and then, you know, uh, before that, like, uh, Danny Goffey. <laughs> Terrible name. Ugly children. <laughs> he was like, it came about when we were just in a rehearsal studio, and we all started singing over three chords. It's quite easy to play. The easier the song is to play, the better we play it. It just happened really quickly. It was one of those songs that just comes together in ten minutes. What an insightful quote for music songwriting, well, that's, isn't that, it? That's my thing. That kind of material, like, the, those kind of lines that get pulled from interviews and stuff, when you like... The song or the band, you eat that up. Yeah, it's like we're talking about Song 2 by Blur. Like, yeah, right? Came, like, yeah, of course this came out easy. I'm glad it came out easy. But you like yeah. all those kind of little snippets, yeah. you eat that up. And then the, as soon as you don't like the band, you're like, this is, why is this here? <laughs> I hate, it's just, I don't know. It's what, like reading it, I was like very aware that I've enjoyed things like that from bands like Frenzel, like hearing mm. those sorts of anecdotes. And it's yeah. just like, it's so arbitrary what the content is itself it's just whether or not you like the band and the song Supergrass for me has just got this air of like eh the lads look at them go and I just <laughs> and I just don't care about that I'm a cheeky Nando's <laughs> yeah I'm a cheeky Nando's, cheeky Nando's yeah. right now I'm not right. gonna lie Right. I get turned off like the the way the hook kind of goes down the stereo oh, that like from the start I'm like oh I don't Really? I, I, don't remember, I don't remember this from being oh, a kid. Right. So, you know, I'm coming to this fresh. And the way they start all quiet on the mic. Yeah, honestly, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't like that very start bit. But once, no. once the song kicks in, I'm like... I was like... Oh, I, like I love that. I was offside from the start. I also don't yeah, like... That, that start bit, I don't really pay. And then by the so, time it really kicked I in, I was just like... Up. It feels like a Let's Dance kind of thing where you're building up to the big payoff. I'd rather than just start with the energy, but I still love the song. I'd rather like, listen to Let's Dance. Yeah, well, same, obviously. Get your hand so off. we're all on the same page. Oh. We hate this song. No. Get your hand off it, Darren. Play the sting! Yeah, I think, I think this is fun, cheesy. It doesn't wear out. It's welcome. It's like short enough. They just wanted, like, they just wanted to have a song where 
They could just be yeah, like. Yeah, you can't overthink T-Rex. it. Honestly. Yeah, I'm with you. Yeah. That's, I'm not overthinking it. It's just annoying. <laughs> you absolutely me. are. No, it just annoys I, me. I, I, I don't like think it very from hard. The first just, three seconds, I yeah. didn't overthink anything. <laughs> exactly. You guys are overthinking it by drawing references to other artists. It's shit on its own merit. It's fine. Whatever. <laughs> I'm happy that it brings you guys joy, and it does none of that for me. You sound happy. Yeah. As well. Got nothing bringing me joy, do I? So. Oh, Jesus Christ. Is your Marie Kondo moment? <laughs> Supergrass. Yeah, Supergrass. Throws out the podcast, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, this podcast brings me a lot of joy. Yeah, all right. These songs. Mm. But does hating the songs spark joy? I don't know. And then one way to find out. Yeah. And number 72, this is something for Kate with Hallways. Seventy-two in the nineteen ninety-nine hottest one hundred. That's a song called "Hallways." It's from the album "Beautiful Sharks," and we're gonna throw it to the most beautiful shark in the room, Adam Buncher. Nice sharks are awesome. Yeah, what kind of shark are you? Grey white. Nice. I'm pretty great, and I'm pretty white. Do you know that they like a hundred, couple hundred years ago, they were just like so much bigger? I know. We've all got facts about animals we could bring up at the the merest drop of animal names in this podcast, but don't worry about it. So I'm coming back from work and I'm thinking to myself, I've got a podcast to do. <laughs> <laughs> like, kind of? You know those shitty, like, infomercial things of, like, white people opening cupboards and things fall over yeah. them or they can't <laughs> pour things. This is the next level is just white people that have podcasts to prepare for. Yeah. Has this ever happened to <laughs> yeah. you? It's like, oh, I'm so busy. I've got to work on my podcast that no one listens to. <laughs> it's like, oh. Uh, thank you for the drag. Hey. Very good. So I'm coming home from work, and yeah, I don't. I have to have a podcast. Like, actually, yes, mate. Yeah. <laughs> so like, this is a very sincere story. Oh no! <laughs> Please, no. I want to hear this. Sorry. I'm sorry. So I throw on the playlist of tracks from 1999, the the, the songs we have to talk about. You know, I'm, yeah. I'm prepping. I want to get used to them or whatever. And this song plays. Hallways by something for Kate. Yes. And like, that's it. I'm fucking floored. You, that shot of electricity that you get through your bones when you're just absolutely arrested by something. Oh, so you hadn't heard this before? I had never heard this song before. Right, I had yeah. never heard this song before, and I heard it, and I was, it was like an absolute revelation to me. And I immediately stopped 
prepping and I just put on Beautiful Sharks. I just listened to That's Something for Kate album. And then oh, for the next couple of days... What a record! All I listened to was Something for Kate. Fuck yeah. Yes. Pretty much. So good. Um, this song is absolutely incredible. It comes off the Beautiful Sharks record and that's... Um, in Paul Dempsey's words, two words that he put together because he wanted to convey something that was beautiful and graceful but it was also dangerous and could turn mm. around and bite you. And he was using that mm. as a kind of metaphor for, um, you know, developing trends in media and technology and, and things that he was kind of seeing around us, you know, like things that you, you know, are useful as a tool or whatever but also yeah. have the potential to be harmful, d- d- dangerous, poisonous. Yeah. Unrelated, but that, that is literally the exact same way that uh, Michael Joe names swans. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. What do you mean? Oh, like, because swans are beautiful, but like they can fuck, fuck you up. up. Yeah. And with the same Animal stuff. facts. Yeah. And with, Animal facts. And with, and with the same like with the same media and shit. And yeah, that was oh, exactly and a particular the same band Resident that we're talking wow. about later on had a similar thing of like dueling connotations, killing Heidi, mm. where they wanted to pick something like brutal, but also kind of like sweet and innocent. So like, obviously it's carried so much by Paul's vocal performance here. Like, he's, he's unbelievable, so, man. There's something for Kate Trope of like kind of spoken, but also deeply melodic. Also just his voice just sounding so rough, but like just pained in such a cathartic way. Like that chorus, like they're hanging around hallways, like the lyric there is just so fantastic. Like, I'm going to go back a little bit into the end of the verse. Like, they bow their heads and pray for Friday night to save their lives, and then they go through armed with a scale of 1 to 10, hanging around hallways, like, to feel like we're going somewhere. Yes. Connecting so much to a recurring songwriting theme that we've seen this countdown, just, like, the pain of the mundane existence. But nailing that just like hanging around hallways the way that he mm. sings that like just to feel like we're going somewhere it's, oh my god honestly it's, it's too real Roy like, <laughs> it fucks you up yeah man. I, I, I've, I've said before that I never really got the something for Kate thing hadn't heard this song listened to it maybe like five or six times since hearing it like a week ago for the preparation it's so it is un- so fucking, fucking good real. it's sickeningly good man absolutely it's, it's, it's the first time I've really like oh, Dempsey has always been a great singer but it's the first time I've really felt that the lyrics and the music match his strain like it's, it's totally. just like yeah, it's, great it's, it's way just to like, describe you hear it and the, his vocals and the lyrics and the way the band fucking wraps around the, the, that aesthetic yeah, the and you're like oh god so yeah. like in both, yeah. both, both uh-huh. in awe and appreciation and in realization, you're like, oh god, man, that is it, isn't it? Yeah, and yeah. The lyrics- it's, it's it's fucking good, man. And the lyrics is, you know, like they also walk that beautiful line of not being too prescriptive. Yeah, but, yeah, but, it's, but evocative enough. It's like the scale to one to ten is a, a line that I keep coming back to and thinking to myself. And the last time I thought about, it, I was like. Is it kind of like when you're in a hospital and you're suffering pain and they say, how bad is it? Yeah, is it that or is it like, we've spoken about depression stuff in the podcast, not overplaying my hand here, but when you speak, yeah. if you- if, if, if you if, do if, a diagnostic. You do a self-diagnostic. Yeah. If, you, if you ever have done cognitive behavioral therapy, one of the things the therapists get you to do is to rate your day on a scale of one to 10 in terms of expectation and then in, in delivery. But also, is it a line about going to a party and trying to be a sleazy fuckwit, looking at girls, giving mm. them scales on one to 10? There's many ways to oh interpret this. Oh my God, yeah, yeah. fully. And, and then it's just like standing in the hallway, thinking, think, going somewhere is it kind of like you're thinking of going somewhere into like a bedroom in a party or something like that is there's many ways to interpret or, it hallway like, in, a, in a hospital hallway you know, in a hospital or yeah. just like yeah. it's it's very or, yeah. very fucking good songwriting yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah 
So this is the first Something for Kate album to feature what is now known as the classic lineup of the band. So a year before this album comes out, Steph Ashworth, who used to be in the band Sandpit, who mm-hmm. would later go on to marry Mr. Paul Dempsey, and they have some very cute uh, children together. She joined the band after their original bass player, Julian Carroll, left, who played on their previous album, Elsewhere, for eight minutes. This is the sound of a band rediscovering itself. It's a sound of a band redefining and reshaping and recalibrating and launching forth into a career that would give them multiple ARIA nominations, sold out national tours, a world of acclaim, you know, wherever they go. And it all starts with this album and and songs like these. Mm. Obviously, there's a lot of love for Elsewhere for 8 Minutes, kind of the cult classic, but like this is a record where things really start to kick off. It's their first time in the ARIA charts. It's their first time getting like major national attention properly and yeah you can see why like there is so much about this record that strikes on a really emotive level and it's a very raw record it's a very unadulterated record you know and it's the it's a sound of mid-20s you know like ex- existential thoughts and crises etc you I know it's older yeah I, I i think if i'd well, listen Portland to this is like 46-something now. He was super young when this band started. Oh, yeah, but I think... He sounds 40 forever. Not as a drag. Okay, no, so he's, so no. he's 42 now, so, so he would have been like 20, here. like just 20-something when this record came but out. But I think, I think like... It is, what? You get out, man. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but also, like, I think the idea that you're playing with here is projecting into the future. I yeah, think that's it's, fair. I think, like, and I think it's, like, it's relating to a, a, an age that you aren't yet and you, things that you fear as coming as opposed to as being here. I think even the, the imagery of hallways as they go on. Yeah, that's mm. right. It, it's, it, I think it's a song about recognising where you are but also then seeing that stretch out forever. You I know? think so much yeah. of existential fear and, and pain is projected. Where you are at the moment, yes, that is definitely a flavour, but so much of it is, oh, God, this is where I'm heading. Yeah. The thing about a hallway is that it's a transitional place. Yeah, you are yeah. either going from one place to another. You you know, it's not a place you stay. But if you're hanging around hallways, then you're just always in that limbo. Yeah. You know, that's and that's the that's the kind of thing that he touches on with this track, you know. It's all there. But that guitar work is incredible, like with that mm, kind mm-hmm. of, yeah, really unique tuning. And like uh, Clint Heinemann on the drums, like he's a beast of a <laughs> he drummer. He beasts it. Oh, he's a, he's a burly mother. Fucker. I've seen him live so many times, just breaking six and then just chucking it away and then just fucking going straight into the next one. Just like beautiful. He goes so fucking hard. And yeah, like Steph coming in with a like a really solid low end and like matching matching up with Paul's guitar at points, you know, like that Friday night bit that like that palm which was really cool. That power trio dynamic between the three of them, like that really kind of is building on this record. Yeah, this is absolutely one of my favorite something for Kate songs I didn't know it at the time like I only knew electricity from this record because that was my first exposure to something for Kate but I remember listening back to that and hearing that I'm just like oh shit that's on the beautiful sharks oh sick right and like really really coming around to it and when they did their 20th anniversary tour and they played this I was just like 
fucking hell what a great fucking song I could pick I, I, I have in the past but I will pick Paul Dempsey's brain about this as long as I am allowed to like I would love to just corner that bastard for like an hour or so and just be like so what do you mean by this you know <laughs> like mm. I think everyone has that with, with an artist at least one artist where you've always wanted to just get them and just shoot the shit and just pick their brain about like stuff that you've been like so to me this meant X did you mean X or is it Y yeah. you know what I mean mm. I so, think everyone has that sometimes is absolutely that for me sometimes I don't want the veil lifted though true like, true 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 yeah. like I love seeing any David Lynch interview and people ask him like oh what did you mean with like this kind of thing you were doing that and he was like what do you think yeah, very cool. Yeah, yeah. He never answers. It's like the memed image now, but someone he says, "Um, I find it razor in my most spiritual film." So, God, do you want to explain that? No. Like, yeah. I mean, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I like the interpretations that you can come up as a listener. Like, like the various words we talk about hallways and one mm. to ten. One to ten. Maybe he had a very specific thing in mind, and he was like, "No, I specifically meant this when you were at a party or something I like that." that. I, I like the fact that we can look at it in so many multitude of ways. Like, it's more ways to appreciate this wonderful, wonderful song. Yeah, yeah one sure. of the songs that I've come across because of this podcast that I've liked the most easily like a lot of people have understandably a lot of love for Harpoon and Captain which are the two songs we've talked about but this really Both very for good. me feels like it's like alright something for Kate have arrived like this is yeah. Yeah. this is a consolidation it's of, a, it's a big turning of Paul's point songwriting sure. and the band's craft in, in mm. matching that and number 71 it's The Mutton Birds with Pulled Along by Love. Down on the platform, shapes in the sandstone, lines of faces keeping their secrets. They're thinking about the weekend, they're thinking about new clothes, they're thinking about touching. But everyone's watching They're buttoned up against it All the king's horses and all the five senses And dreams so fleeting Where the carpets are deep and the ends are all meeting They're pulled along by love They're pulled along by love And they're pulled along by love Birds coming in at number 71 in the 1999 Hotest 100 with Pulled Along by Love. Not some kind of love, just just love. And I'm Pulled Along by Nathan Harrison. Um, That's true. nice. Like it. Yeah, it's nice. Is it? Is it nice? I think well, it will, like, if you pulled along by love, love's something that's driving you forward. You're something that's driving David James Young forward. All right. So cool. I had all these, cool. all these beautiful notes, something for Kate, all these wonderful, <laughs> lovely notes. And the, literally the first thing I've written here is pulled off by love. <laughs> 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 so fuck me, right? Yeah. I mean, I guess, I guess that's often <laughs> it, though, right? I don't what? know. You know, I'd rather be pulled off by love than hate. Yeah, mm. yeah. Well, that is true. <laughs> oh, an angry hand job. You don't want that. <laughs> oh. I absolutely no. do not want that. No. I want to go on the record saying <laughs> I do not want that. If you would like one, however, my number is 0403. No, thank you. Um, The Mutton Birds are a New Zealand band uh, formed in 91. So they've been kicking around for a while at this point. This is... um, Do you reckon the Mutton Birds were friends with Headless Chuckins? 
Oh, sure. Probably. Probably. Been friends New with Zealand's you. a small town. I think everyone knows yeah, each other. Yeah, I think the flora and fauna would have gotten along. <laughs> yeah, this is their last record. Mm. I feel like there's like a weird theme in this countdown. It's because we're ending the 90s, so all the bands have to wrap it up. Yeah. It's like, they know guys, Y2K's, Y2K's coming. Y2K's coming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, the Mumbirds were killed off by if Y2K. If you're not going to stick around now. and live out our Y2K apocalypse, then wrap it up, do your last album, mm. and call it, you know? So they've been around by this point. This is the last album. This is kind of nice. Yeah. It, it, it grew on me. I really like the guitar tone throughout. Obviously, I'm going to like the fuzzy shoegazy yeah, guitar. Yeah, it, it's very... Uh, it's like, kind of a bit 80s and then shoegazy. Yeah, mm-hmm. If I was someone who knew this band for ages and then after like 10 years of them making music, they released this song, which has an almost like adult contemporary chorus to it all. But just like that, like, pulled along by love. I can see... And like, knowing it's their last album, I can see yourself really liking this. Yeah. Like, I don't have that history with it. So I think it's an all right track. Like, it's fine. This song was recorded in the UK as part of an effort to get them to crack the European market, as we were saying about um, so many Australian bands and New Zealand Mm. bands try to do. And then it didn't. And the band broke up. (laughs) So that's a bummer. They did um, release a fantastically named B-Sides album called The Too Hard Basket, which I think is just... <laughs> that's that's fucking joy. That's yeah, awesome. That's really good. Great. Yeah, I like that Mad a lot. respect for that. Yeah. Yeah. So at least they had that. And now we've got the band stuff out of the way. Nathan, do you have some facts about actual mutton birds? You are the animal facts guy. I don't know. Is, is, a, is a mutton... What do you mean you I, don't know? Dude, I was expecting you. Is a mutton bird a specific bird or is it just kind of a bird that I, eats look, mutton? It's a bird made out of mutton. Isn't mutton sheep, guys? I actually... Right, like the, the other notes I have, apart from that excellent... <laughs> hold on. Ben Fold's garbage that, man has oh, a long no, time. That, no, that, wait. All right, all right. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You got something? I think I'm where you are, probably. We could keep going. Mm. So the other names for the mutton birds, of course, being short-tailed shearwater or mm. the slender-billed or the, shearwater or, of course... The petrel. Or Moonbird. Yeah. It's, I guess two other ones. <laughs> it's, um, they're seabirds. Southern Ocean seabirds. They are so they don't Ocean go seabirds. for mutton then? Because no, mutton being I don't sheep. Know why they no, because they, they look, they're, they're fluffy. They look like sheep. Oh. And the captains of the ship were like, yar. That's a flying sheep. Look, it looks like a sheep's fly. Let's call it a sheep bird. So I think it's just a regular bird. No, it's the past <laughs> and I'm a dummy. Is this your new novel? Is there a boat bit in Great Gatsby? There is this yeah. one of the greater Gatsby. That's why it's partly why it's almost greater. Is that this one has a boat? Yeah. <laughs> and he discovers yeah. mutton birds. What if, what, if, what, if, yeah. what if Gatsby had a boat? I'm listening. That's every publisher in the country. Two thousand. The problem is with fun mutton bird facts is they very fast become not fun. Oh. Um, they're, they're extinct. They're, no, they're commercially farmed. Oh, and it's no. not it's not great commercially farmed seabirds commercially farmed by love for, what, like for <laughs> eggs or meat for oil oh right yeah they're commercially farmed for, actually, for oil by love <laughs> well they're um yeah feathers flesh and oil but only in Tasmania Tasmania can you just get it together <laughs> Man, can t- you stop fucking your cousins yeah. for yeah. one minute Texas while we when? figure out this whole <laughs> Texit. Texit. Texit when? Just kick him off. Uh, it's, a, it's a portmanteau of Tasmania and, and exit. If you want to support the cause for the mutton birds, there's a few campaigns around, actually. Oh, oh is it that bad? Well, some oh. people think it is. Like all commercial stuff like that, like farming stuff like that, the animal's never close to extinct because we need them to make money. Yeah. Yeah. It's that thing of like- Apart from whales. We <laughs> kill 70 billion chickens a year. And there are about 20 billion chickens alive at any one point. (laughs) That sucks, man. Right? That sucks so much. It's Uh, bad. Bad times. mm. Uh, A different uh, New Zealand bird, the kakapo. Here we go. (laughs) 
having a great time at the moment. Kakapo's really endangered. Um, a lot of introduced species and things like that. Yep. There's been, like, for decades now, a really big effort to try and get them up. They're one of those... they're baller-looking birds. Yeah, they're cool. Yeah. They're really like, cute little flightless... Yeah parrot like goofy it's easy to be conservative little chunky parrots yeah. you know it's, it's a it's, mess in my brain right now okay. 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 It's, it's so much easier to be a good conservationist if the animal you're doing is cute it's cute sucks. definitely <laughs> but there are very few of them they're really like finicky with how they breed but it's cute like they kind of build this big hole and then the the male does this like big kind of bassy squawking oh my that God. you can hear like, he's a, tra- he's a trap artist yeah, they're trap birds. Just like they build a hole, so it sounds like a trap. Yeah, yeah it's a true mutton bird. Just, yeah. like, just like humans. But and, and to, to, the, to the point, blah, 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 blah. it's bad enough <laughs> that on Wikipedia there is a list of all the kakapo that are alive. Yeah. We must save these trap artists. Yeah, like they're named. It's fucked up. Like, what's, their, what are they they what's their best name? Oh, I don't know. List Rizza, young yeah. thug. Young, young, yeah, young cack. Old dirty butt. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, there's Young Cack. Lil Cack. Lil, Lil, Lil Popo. Exo. Um, Exo Kakapo Life. <laughs> Cindy Dusky. Oh, these aren't as good. Oh. We're, we're, we're Kinamoa. We're talking Hokey. SoundCloud ones. Hokey. Yeah. Hokey Gem. Cool. Lil Hokey. Hokey's um, my favourite so far. Punga. Okay. I don't know. So you'd be saying they're having a good time they're, now. It's going, it thinks that like, they've had the best breeding year it, like ever. Yes. Yes. It's going nice. Nice. Yeah, nice. I've been fucking. Nice be fucking. <laughs> I'm glad. Yeah. Maestro. There's one. Oh, get it, Maestro. <laughs> oh, he's the, he's the head of the... Uh, he's, he's, he's like the... Uh, he's the, a father. He's the, he's the Rizzo. Oh. Yeah, exactly right. Yeah, yeah he's he, the Rizzo. Yeah. For sure. Maestro, <laughs> big Rizzo hours. Oh, baby, he likes it raw. Uh, <laughs> scratch. Oh, that's okay. Skirt. <laughs> Trevor. Oh, <God>. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Trevor Fox. <laughs> Wait, does he? She was um, holding hands with Trevor. Oh my God, that's Wait. it. Why does it say these two Kakapo are both fathers to Felix? Man, there's some Kakapo drama. Ooh. Maestro and Trevor. Oh Why, my are, god! Are you, Get the Kakapo are you, are you Mori Povich! Two, two males can't be good fathers, Nathan? Is that what you're saying? How long have we been talking about Kakapo now? Not long, long enough. enough. Longer than Flatly now. or... Okay. <laughs> you think it's a good song? Yeah, it's alright. It's alright. It's fine. No one's putting it as their champ just to, to front sound. That's yeah. where you're wrong. Yeah. No, no. Um... Yeah, the one they- thing that does deter me is the fucking St. Anger snare going through the whole fucking thing. I actually like the snare. <laughs> I really like the Metallica reference. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was just looking because obviously the band broke up here. I was looking into what they got up to. The uh, main songwriter and the singer, Don McClashen. He had a few solo records and now he's like, he's like a soundtrack guy in New Zealand, still working in the music stuff, even though the, the European yes. stuff. Yeah, so yes. fucking cool. cool. Yeah, it doesn't mention his Michael Flatley connection, but nah. I think it speaks for itself. Yeah, true. <laughs> That brings us to the end of yet another episode of Hottest 100s and Thousands. Thank you so much for listening and a big thank you to FBI Radio for having us and letting us bring in all our kekapo. We've got to sort them somewhere and I'm glad that FBI have been really hospitable in that in that department. So, uh, big ups, crew. Especially because we've got to keep Trevor separated from the rest of them. Yeah. You know what Trevor's like. Oh, my God. And Trevor. I don't think Trevor is good for you. <laughs> DJ Trevor. Yeah, DJ Trevor. All right, before we get out of here, we're going to pick our favourites our least favourites, and continue that ever-continuing story of carryover champ, carryover chump. Andrew. David. You've done your time. You can go first. Thanks, mate. My favourite from this one is something for Kate Hallways. It is not my champ. That remains Body Rock by Moby. 
least favourites a bit harder. None of these I particularly disliked. Yeah. Um, I, I'm going to give it to Friendly, some kind of love song, because that was more of an interesting revelation than it was an actual like thing. Uh, yeah. And Put Along By Love is still like a, maybe a hair better. So my least favourite is Friendly. My chump still definitely remains Bob Marley and Frank Star Deluxe. Fuck mm. up, sun is shining. Uh, hallways for my favourite, and I'm going to give it my new champ as nice. well. Yeah, some kind of love song, fifth favourite, but my champ will remain uh, Bobby M. Favourite maestro, least favourite Trevor. Fuck <laughs> uh, <laughs> <Sock> Trevor! <laughs> um, uh, hallways, new champ. My least favourite song is fucking Supergrass. But it's not worse than Funkstar Deluxe. But... You- <laughs> <laughs> I don't like it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, well, I don't like you, so... Yeah, well. um, favours hallways, but I think I'll keep run on, and... Um, it is going to run on for a long time. Oh, I hope so. Right, uh, well, no, I hope there's even better songs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and least favourite easy is Supergrass, um, but I will hold on to every morning as my chump. Uh, we'll be back very, very soon to say goodbye to the 70s and uh, get into the 60s. And there's one way to get into the 60s. There's that one very special There's number. a very, very special way to get into the 60s. Do it for uh, the Kakapo. Yeah, exactly. We're doing Kakapo all for the Kakapo, about. baby. What number is that? Well, you'll have to wait and see. <laughs> yes, you will. <laughs> wait and find out. Yes, 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 you will. But until then, on behalf of Mr. Nathan Kakapo Harrison. Bye. Adam Kakapo Buncher. Kakapo. <laughs> and Andrew. Kekapo McDonald. Waka waka. My name is David James Young. Everything is Kekapo for you. Yes! A cockapoo.